Hello and welcome back to the No Limits podcast with Rick. Hope you are having an awesome day so far. And in today's episode, I'm going to be covering the topic of gaining phases or as some individuals like to call it, bulking, but I don't really like that term. Um, So I'm going to be going into a bit of detail from my experience with gaining phases, how I've done it absolutely wrong and how I've learned along the way over the years to do it properly and get the most from the gaining phase, but also managing the obstacles that do come with going through a gaining phase. This is something that might have you on the fence about getting into a muscle building phase, uh, or you might be in one at the moment and not liking some of the challenges that come along the way. Like for example, you know, feeling like you're having to force feed, feeling a little bit more lethargic, uh, body fat gain, all those things, which, you know, do come along for the ride, but they can definitely be managed. And in today's podcast, I'm hoping to clear up some of those, um, you know, questions or concerns that you might have with your gaining phase or muscle building goals. So salty coffee has been downed and have had a woke up to a message this morning from someone um, letting me know that it changed their life and they can't have a coffee without salt in it anymore. So it's um, it's been a great journey always getting those messages. So if you have not tried the salty coffee just yet, definitely recommend it and keen to hear your thoughts. So getting into today's topic of the gaining phase, always like to think, you know, what is the goal here? The goal of a gaining phase is for us to improve our physique because anytime you might look at someone and think like, wow, they've got so much muscle, they look so lean, how did they get that? I can guarantee they've spent a long duration of time being very uncomfortable pushing through the gaining phase. Now, I've had some very poor experiences with gaining phases in past. And a lot of that was due to terrible diet practices when I was in a fat loss focus. And my God, if I could go back in time, as much as I take that back, if I could go back in time, I wouldn't change anything because it's got me to where I am today. But it would be pretty cool if I could go back and actually hire a coach when I first started training because the first proper cut and gaining phase I went through set me up for some obstacles that I still face to this day, like some disordered eating tendencies, you know, food focus, these sort of things, which, you know, come in waves every now and again. And this all stems from the long duration of time I spent doing things wrong. And this is something that you might find with any habits that you've broken. Like oftentimes the habit isn't completely removed. It'll always be there. It'll crop up every now and again. But so long as we just keep extending the duration between those bad habits creeping in, we'll be you know, moving forward in the right direction. So my first ever gaining phase, I was, I think I was about 16 or 17 years old. I just finished up a cut where I was basically eating nothing but plain chicken breast, no salt, no pepper. I was scared of salt back then. Um, whey protein, egg whites, And that was pretty much it. Like it was the most bland, restrictive diet. I used to have a panic attack if I got caught without a meal and I was hungry and I couldn't get anything. Um, And then, you know, my lack of nutrition knowledge, I would go to somewhere and get a a Caesar salad, (laughs) which would end up being more calories than a goddamn pizza at some places. So from that, I, I think I got down to maybe like 
71 kilos. Not that scale weight matters, but that was roughly where I was at. So then I was like, okay, cool. I was enjoying the compliments I was getting, you know, was quite insecure as a young, younger teenager. So of course, having your mates recognize that you've, you know, improved your physique, it just delivered a whole new level of confidence. And I viewed things from the lens that I was going to be a bodybuilder. And, um, I remember like being at school after I got kicked out of my first school and then went to my second school that I ended up getting kicked out of too. We had one of those like first days where you introduce yourself, say what you want to do. And I mentioned that I was going to be a bodybuilder with my sitting there with my big 2.2 liter jug with like, uh, what was it? The grape extend amino acids. Now, as much as I shit on amino acids and if you're consuming adequate protein, they're pointless. It's tasty as. So if you can justify spending $90 on a tasty grape drink, you know, the extend grape is unreal. So I was viewing myself through the lens of a bodybuilder. So I would look up to bodybuilders for the direction that I wanted to go. So this was probably one of the worst people I could use as a guiding light for how I was going to attack my gaming phase. Now, if you're not aware of who Lee Priest is, he's an Australian bodybuilder. Um, he was not bodybuilder anymore, but he absolutely killed it back in the day. And and he was he's a bit of a character too, face stats and all. He's basically done a Rick Boundy. He's got his he had a face tattoo, lasered it off, and then got it put back on. So I feel like I probably followed him in a lot of areas of life, hence getting my head tattooed and forearms um, head lasered and forearms lasered at the moment. So basically I'd finished up my card, I was looking for direction. I looked at Lee Priest's photo and it's if you when you finish up this podcast write in Lee Priest KFC on Google and you'll see this photo so this guy was like unreal physique was one of like just the best bodybuilders of all time he was just unfortunate that he was really short and couldn't really dominate in the open categories but I would look at that and this guy's like bloody you know 40 percent body fat eating KFC, saying in a gaining phase, you just got to eat big to get big. And I saw this as like, okay, well, if I want to be a bodybuilder, I'm going to have to eat big to get big. So then I completely flipped my lifestyle on its head and ended up going from about 71 kilos to 107 kilos in about, I think it was about a three to four month period. Now you hear that and think, how is that possible? I still don't know. And I'm still trying to get to that 107 kilos and I can't do it. So it is um, something that I thought would be like, okay, cool. I'll just suck through this now. And then when I shred back, I'll be good to go. And I'm going to have all this muscle like Lee Priest. Unfortunately, I'm not Lee Priest. And if we, if you want to like go into Google after this, after you look at the KFC photo, look at Lee Priest when he was 17 years old. He's bloody more jacked than 99% of the population that have been going to the gym for 10 years when he was 17. So obviously looking up to the genetically elite like Lee Priest was not a good idea. So I learned very quickly throughout that gaining phase that muscle can only be built so quick. If you rush the process, you're just going to get fat. And it's not a good feeling when you you know, you're constantly telling yourself, I'm building muscle, I'm building muscle, I'm building muscle. You get to the end and you're kind of like, eh, I think I've just put on a whole bunch of body fat, which of course can be avoided. 
And of course, when we do go through a gaining phase, we got to accept that body fat's going to come along for the ride. It always will. By default of maximizing your muscle gains, you need to be in a consistent calorie surplus. There's no way of escaping this. That doesn't mean you have to be in a 3000 calorie surplus, but enough that's, you know, you're going to build some muscle and some body fat's going to come along too. But the more body fat you gain and the sooner you gain it, the, the, the more time you're going to spend across the time span of a year in a deficit trying to clean up that body fat. And this is something that you might notice, you know, with yourself in past or currently, or you've got some friends who are constantly dieting. They're just constantly in a deficit. They're never, you know, pushing an extended period of time in a gaining phase. How do they look? You know, they might look good. Like they might be lean, cool, but they probably don't improve their physique from year to year. And if you listen to this podcast, I'm assuming you're wanting to maximize your potential and constantly progress and, and build more muscle over time. So the more body fat that comes on, the more time we have to spend dieting. So the way we have a very productive gaining phase is ensure that we are making that calorie surplus occur, but of course, minimizing the amount of body fat that comes along. So if you're constantly dying or dieting all the time, constantly in a deficit, you're not going to be building muscle. As much as like there will be outliers where you can diet and build muscle, there's a reason I have on my consultation form with potential clients is what is your current goal you're trying to achieve? Is it fat loss or building muscle? Please don't say both because when I first started coaching, I didn't have that there and I still get it from time to time where I say, I want to lose body fat and build heaps of muscle. I was like, well, you're chasing two rabbits at the same time, you're going to catch none. So if you're constantly dieting, you're not going to be building much muscle. You're probably going to look the same year after year. So an extended gaining phase is very important if you actually want to improve your physique. Now, the thing that I noticed and something that I did in past, I used to think, all right, when I'm in a gaining phase, I'm just going to lift, you know, heavy, low reps. And then when I'm in a dining phase, I'm going to do heaps of sets, heaps of reps and just train heaps because it's going to burn more calories. The opposite is actually true. Now, of course, plenty of ways to get the job done. And I'm sure there's people who've done that. It's worked fine. But what I've found is that when you're in a gaining phase, your recovery capabilities are much greater. You've got more food. You've got more fuel. Your sleep's probably better too. You've got more energy. So you can handle and recover from training volumes that are higher. When you're dieting, your recovery capabilities are reduced. Your sleep isn't as good. Your energy isn't as good. And also, you don't just lose muscle super quickly. We've seen from the research, like as minimal as, I think it was Dr. Pack, he's done a, a topic on this, where as little as four sets on a muscle group across the week is enough to maintain muscle tissue, ensuring your lifestyle is, you know, protein, you know, not a ridiculous calorie deficit, sleeping lots, um, not going on benders every weekend, that sort of thing. So it's better to save up your volume to push in a gaining phase. But when you're training, don't waste it. I always like to see think, think about this through the lens of when I observe around the gym, and um, very unusual because usually I've just got my headphones locked in and I'll just walk past someone I'm friends with and, and they, they're always just like, what the hell? Man? So training versus exercising. 
Now, when I look around the gym and you maybe next time you try and do this, just take a look around and see how many people you think are actually training, actually pushing themselves, actually performing like they're an athlete and how many people who are just, you know, exercising. Now, that doesn't mean anything like either's right or wrong. Like if you just want to go to the gym to tick the box and, you know, sweet, went to the gym today, feel good, lifestyle focus, cool. That's absolutely fine. But if you want to progress, you're going to have to treat it like you're an athlete and you're training, you're actually performing and aiming to progress. So that's an obstacle that can come with being in a gaining phase is things are going to get hard. You might think that you're going to be motivated to train all the time because you've got all this food, but because you should be getting stronger, training like an athlete, your body is going to accumulate a lot of fatigue. And this is something I want to reinforce too. If motivation drops and just say you've been through through your program for like, you know, five to six weeks at a time or, or more, like eight to 12, and you're just noticing your motivation to train is really low, your lifts start to stall a little bit. It's a good thing because not many people get there. If you're constantly just adding load week after week, reps week after week, and you never hit a stall, you're potentially holding yourself back in your initial week of your program or you're changing around your tempo, changing around technique. Now, I've been a sucker for this in past. I'd like start a program. I'd have my like execution going through full range of motion, you know, nice and controlled, set everything up nicely. And then by the end of the phase, I just end up throwing everything around. Now, this is a mistake that I made where I used to solely focus on it's just about load. You just got to get more load on the bar, which is true in a way. But also the goal is not load. The goal is stimulus. We want consistent progressive stimulus on the muscle. So in a gaining phase, this might be an obstacle you face where you maybe go to increase load and then it doesn't work out to you know progress as much as you'd like. Maybe you, you wanted to get an extra five kilos on the bar. You could only get two and a half kilos. That's still progress. A rep is still progress. Let's say you're, now I wouldn't recommend, I don't recommend barbell squatting for most, but let's say you're barbell squatting 100 kilos. You take a rep progression. That's an extra 100 kilos of volume throughout your lower body. You do that week on week on week over a long period of time, you're going to build muscle. So with the intent when you go into the gym in the gaining phase, view things through the lens of you're an athlete. You're not always going to feel on. You're not always going to be performing at your best, but the goal is always to progress because we want to be giving the body no choice but to grow. And this is something that ties in well with the research where we look over the research and it's fucking scary. It sucks. It's, um, I'm probably going to butcher it, but I think it's like they've done a study on this where the amount of muscle tissue that can be built naturally over the course of a year is like, something like two to three pounds, I think it was, just reciting from a, a podcast. I can look into that and, and see if it's if it's um, true or not. So you hear that and it's like, you can view it through two lens. You could be like, what the fuck? Like, is that it? Wow, what's the point? Or you can look at it through the lens and be like, fuck it, I'm going to be an outlier. I'm going to prove that research wrong and I'm going to do everything in my capability to ensure my body is going to have no reason to not build muscle. So I view that as like a motivator. 
where it's like, okay, muscle doesn't just fall on. We don't just eat on muscle. We're going to have to train on muscle. And you'll notice now, like if you observe around the gym, you'll see the individuals that are performing and training and pushing themselves. And you'll see the ones just going through the motions, you know, they're doing a set, you look at them and you think they're like halfway through, then they just stop. And then you're just like, you probably had like five or six left, if not more. And when we are training to progress and build muscle, we want to make sure that we're staying within three reps of failure. But, you know, even then, sometimes if we try gauge three reps from failure, we're actually eight reps from failure. So if you'd like a guide on how to guarantee you're going to, you know, true technique failure, you want your final rep speed to slow down about 50% from your initial rep speed, ensuring you're keeping tempo, tempo consistent. If the final rep doesn't slow down, yeah, I hate to break it to you, but you know when you're failure. It might feel hard. Your mind might just be telling you you're done, but you probably had way more. So final rep speed, you always want it to slow down by 50%. Now, with the nutrition side of things, there's a lot of obstacles that come around with the nutrition when we're in a gaining phase. One of them being the struggle of getting the food in. So if you're in a gaining phase, you're probably you know, found this occur. When you first come out of a diet, you're like, oh, this is so good. I can eat forever. This is awesome. And then eventually after, you know, if you're doing it right, you've been gaining for a long period of time, the body starts to resist as it always will. It will resist in a fat loss phase by trying to force you to be hungry, trying to force you to move less. It'll resist in a gaining phase by trying to make your appetite go to shit so you can't get the food in. So some strategies that I like to utilize to overcome this, which in all honesty, I don't really ever hit a point where my appetite's completely gone. But if it was to get to the point where I just could not get the food in, for example, I could use this as an extreme example. Like when I had COVID and that was like, what was that? 2021, literally my birthday, I had COVID. My family came to visit me. It was just like, well, I don't want to ruin your holiday. So that was when I was in Gold Coast. So I was making up ridiculous protein shakes where it was literally, you know, 60 to 80 grams of whey, a whole bunch of berries, a whole bunch of oats, ridiculous amount of almond butter, honey, just to get the calories in. Because if we are having liquid calories, we're going to digest it a lot easier. The sooner we digest it, the more, you know, we're going to be, we're more hungry, we're going to be by our next meal. Making sure that we're eating foods that we agree with too, because this could be a mistake in a gaining phase where you've got all this extra freedom. So then you eat like more processed foods that potentially cause a bit of like bloating, digestive discomfort. And then it can result in, you know, you feeling not, not um, ready to get another meal in after you know you finished up that meal but it can go to extremes of even just pouring olive oil over your your meals i've had had to recommend this to clients in past where you know anything you would do in a fat loss phase that would destroy your fat loss like drinking your calories pouring olive oil over everything you know adding higher fats with your meals well not to say that's going to ruin your, your fat loss phase but we keep in mind fats and nine calories per gram, protein and calorie, protein and carbs at four calories per gram. You know, going with fats, they're going to be high calories for less total food weight. So it's not going to be as filling your digestive system. So 
there's ways you can go about things, but usually keeping it simple with foods that you agree with are fine works best. Most individuals I've found handle rice very easily. So it could just be you know, lean protein source, even like increasing to a not so lean protein source. Uh, it could be you know rice and then rice adding in honey on top of your rice, which can enhance the taste of any meal. And accepting that hunger is going to be a part of the ride. And this is where you can potentially also add in like intra-workout calories. That way you're killing two birds, one stone. You can have like a whey protein isolate with a carbohydrate source. I personally, at the moment, I just do um, coconut water or if you've traveled in Asia, the Bakari sweats, the goat. So there's a great way, like whilst you're training, getting in some extra calories. So then that way it's liquid, digest super easy. Intra-workout carbohydrates are going to help with your performance potentially, um, or at least the placebo will help with your performance. So accepting that hunger is going to be a part of the ride and it's just like being in a fat loss phase where the hunger is the issue, but you push through. Same with the gaining phase. Hunger is an issue just on the opposite end of the spectrum and we push through. But this can also go the other way where it can become death by thousand cuts. It's awesome going into a gaining phase because you've got so much freedom and you're probably enjoying, you know, you might have finished up your fat loss phase realizing I don't, I'm not able to justify certain foods, I can't eat out as much. So then in the gaining phase, it can become death by thousand cuts. So death by a thousand cuts, basically, if you weren't aware, is like a, not, not the nicest thing to bring up, but it's a, a Chinese torture technique and the like psycho, psycholo, psychological like meaning behind it is the way a major negative change, which happens slowly in many unnoticeable increments is not perceived as objectionable. I can't even talk. So pretty basically... It's like the little things are the big things. And this is so true in all areas of life. It's like little things like making your bed, going for a walk in the morning, hydrating first thing in the day, adding salt to your coffee. They're all things that seem insignificant in the moment, but then over time they compound to, you know, either being really far ahead or being where you are. It's almost like, um, I've heard this in a podcast too, where it's like a plane if it's flying to the destination, if it just has a slight deviation and stays on that path, it can end up on the other side of the world. So same with the gaining phase when, you know, if your concern is the amount of body fat gained is to keep this thousand cuts principle in mind. And same with the fat loss phase too, where oftentimes the little things, and you know, you've probably experienced this no matter what you do, I find it's very obvious when you are, healthier than most individuals. Unfortunately, society's like seems to reward an unhealthy lifestyle. And when you are living a healthy lifestyle, you're the outlier. And then individuals will be like, oh, just have one. Oh, you can't have that. Oh, like just that annoying thing they do that I just hate because they, and like I always like to say, they coming from a place of almost admiration because they're doing something that they can't do, but also, it's something that can push you over the edge and I've made this mistake in past too. So the little things do add up, but of course you do still have more freedom when you're in a gaining phase. So with the body fat gain and body image throughout a gaining phase, this is probably the biggest obstacle when we do go through gaining phase. And me personally, I notice like straight away, my like face just puffs up. 
I wish like I could just keep a jawline all um all year round. And, like if that was possible to have no body fat on my face, I'll just be in a gaining phase forever, to be honest, and I'll just rock t-shirt and shorts. Um, but the body image side of things, I think, is a tough one because we focusing on improving our physique for the you know the long term. But in the short term, we experience this discomfort with how we look and feel potentially. And when we're used to being lean, especially if we're coming straight out of a fat loss phase, it can be tough to accept that some body fat gain is going to come. But I always like to reinforce you're more than just your physical being. As much as I'm a coach and I'm constantly analyzing physiques, improving physiques, a big part of it is also how much it improves the quality of life, the, you know, the mindset that comes with you know, pushing yourself through a gaining phase, pushing yourself through a fat loss phase. And I think just realizing and reminding yourself that you're more than just your physical being and no one really cares that much, really. Like with put on extra body fat, cool. No one's really going to care about that, especially if you've probably got a bit more energy than you had in a um, in a, a fat loss phase. And if you've got a partner or you're living with your family, you've probably got a longer fuse, so you're not as snappy. So there's a lot of positives that can be taken away. So Instagram is also something that can make this even more challenging because, for example, and I'm not outside of this camp either. We often see physiques on social media when they're at their best, when they're, you know, pumped up at the gym or they've just got a whole bunch of photos when they're in a fat loss phase. And then while they're in a gaining phase, they're just uploading old photos. And it can give this perception that, you know, these individuals are lean all the time and can give this false reality that they can just keep improving and staying lean all the time, which, you know, some individuals can, and you can stay lean and grow. But like mentioned at the start, there's no doubt in my mind, anyone who's got a substantial amount of muscle mass has not gone through an extended period of time being uncomfortable through a gaining phase. So another thing that helps give me peace of mind, and now I've got three weeks to go in my current gaining phase. I'm up like roughly 14 kilos and I'm about to begin a mini cut. So I'm about to, you know, lose some body fat. Now, over time, I've learned this and it's taken a long time, but body fat is so much easier to lose than muscle is to build. So it makes sense that we should spend more time working on the harder thing and less time working on the thing that, you know, can be achieved pretty easily. Not to say it's easy to do. No, that's wrong. It's, it's pretty simple to do, but doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It still, of course, comes with these obstacles. But it's no doubt in my mind, muscle requires a lot more work ethic to build than fat is to lose. And a reason why keeping the mindset the same, because when you might have done this too, where you're in a fat loss phase, your lifestyle's on point, you're organized, you're planning ahead, you're smashing your training, your whole day's like flows a lot smoother, a lot more of your actions align with your goals, you get into a gaining phase and then you get a bit relaxed and you know, maybe you won't prepare your food because then you can just, you know, fit in food meals out and, you know, that death by a thousand cuts things occurs again. So the body image thing I think is always one where we always got to remember we're more than our physical being and it comes along for the ride. But you can set up your gaining phase to avoid this. And by not 
going at it with a lax mindset, you're less likely to put on a bunch of body fat that was potentially unnecessary. Um, so embracing it, instead of focusing on the negatives of how you maybe feel, maybe your face has got a bit puffy, maybe you don't feel as comfortable in tighter clothes. So uh, you start wearing like tall tees or baggy hoodies to the gym, embrace the positives. You know, you're way stronger in the gym. You can perform a lot better. You're improving yourself for next time you do go through a fat loss phase. You've got more freedom with your nutrition. You're able to, you know, go to meals out without having to worry like, oh, is this going to add another week to my fat loss phase? You can have more energy to, you know, do things, do life. So there's so many positives that can be taken away. And I think if we solely focus on body image, it's going to make it tough because it is a tough one because essentially we're improving our physique the most we're in a gaining phase, but we're also likely looking worse week on week. So it can be tough, but if we see it through and I am grateful every single time I cut down after an extended gaining phase, and seeing new muscle, that is one of the best feelings because it's like, thank God, it was all worth it. I couldn't think of anything worse than just looking the same year after year after year, putting in all this work because, you know, what's it for? It's like that saying, um, I think it was like that, one of the first ever like inspirational, you know, the, the hip hop preacher, I think his name is, where it's like, you're already in pain, get a reward from it. So it's like, if you're already going to go through the effort of, going into a gaining phase, do it right, embrace it, push through, you know, spend as long as you can in it and then get a reward from it. And the rewards can be more muscle, which will be awesome. So mini cuts are also something you can put in to help. If it does get to the point where you start to get very uncomfortable with the body fat gain that potentially has come on, your appetite's gone completely. And it's even with liquid calories, you know, forcing in like, extra add-ons to meals to you know get the calories in with low food volume and you're really just been you're over it your motivation to push in the training is gone and at least you've done like a, a long duration of the gaining phase at least like at least 16 to 20 weeks you can deploy a mini cup which is basically a more rapid fat loss where you can sort of set it up for say three to I'd say max six weeks where you can be a bit more aggressive because the shorter the duration of the diet, the more aggressive you can be because you're less likely to run into, you know, muscle loss risk and you can get a lot more work done and then get back to growing. The sooner you, you get back to growing, the sooner you're improving your physique. So this is something that I'm, I've got coming up in three weeks time and we've set up with my coach, Joe, we're going to do a mini car for three weeks and we're going to, aim to drop one to 2% of my body weight per week. That should help with my appetite because my appetite has started to, to drop a bit. So by the end of that, I'll tidy up. I'll have a bit more runway to keep growing with reduced body fat and my appetite will be playing ball. So I'm able to get the food in again, but I would recommend 100% to keep these sparingly. I've made this mistake in past and super common where you'll go into a gating phase, a little bit of body fat comes on, oh, mini cut. And it's something that, you know, I get the idea, but we need to embrace pushing through the challenges because as always, it's going to pay off in the long run. So I wouldn't do a mini cut unless you've been 
gaining for at least, you know, 16 to 20 weeks. I know it seems like a long time, but like I mentioned, muscle is way harder to build than fat is to lose. The duration, always let's say, the more the better. And this comes down to setting up your gaining phase where you set yourself up for a long runway. So this is why if if a potential client that comes on board and in their inquiry form, they're not 100% on where they want to go. They're maybe in a position where they maybe got that like sort of skinny fat look where they don't have a whole bunch of muscle, but they got a bit of body fat, a bit of a tummy. I always recommend fat loss first, get the body fat off because the leaner we start a gaining phase, the longer we can spend growing. And then of course, with a little bit of body fat coming on, then we can tidy up along the way as we go. So the longer we spend, the better. Now setting up a gaining phase, this is where we can you know, reduce the amount of body fat gain. This is something as well that can happen in a fat loss phase where again, social media doing its thing. Everyone will brag when they can lose a whole bunch of body fat on a certain amount of calories. And they'll also brag how much food they're eating in the gaining phase. But as always, comparison is the thief of joy. You are not them. Sometimes we need to push calories way lower than might be expected. And sometimes we put on body fat on calories way lower than we'd expect to. So setting up the diet is going to be based on your actual outcome because wigging it just equals overwhelm and what gets measured gets improved. So ideally, you want to set up the diet to, of course, have sufficient protein. Anywhere from two to three grams per kilogram. Three grams is a lot, so probably two to 2.5. But there is, you know, if you enjoy a high protein diet, there's no real issue with pushing it up up to three grams per kilogram if you enjoy it. Um, Calories. Really, from the research, we can achieve like maximal muscle growth potential with just a 200, 300 calorie surplus, which, you know, is something that, can be done pretty easily on the much lower calories, but doesn't necessarily mean that's something you have to do. Now with the, what measure gets improved, I always like to imagine that if we want to be in a efficient gaining phase, building muscle, reducing body fat, roughly aiming for 0.25 to 0.5% body weight gain per week. No, this does not mean let's just gain a kilo every single week. Because uh, this is a mistake I made in the past. If I wasn't putting on a kilo, it was like, oh, that wasn't a good week. I'm not growing quick enough. Because as always, muscle can only be built so quick. So 0.25 to 0.5% body weight per week is something that I find is a good sweet spot. Now, there might be some weeks there where you maintain, and that's cool. I wouldn't just push your calories up straight away as soon as you maintain. Just like when you're in a fat loss phase, if you store one week, oftentimes this will occur with clients and they'll stall and they might send a message like, oh, I assume the calories are being dropped. And I'm like, no, nah, let's just let's just ride it out for another week. And there's a big swoosh off that occurs. And it's like, there we go. Because there's a lot of things that can dictate our scale weight. So not just pushing the calories up every time you stall is probably a good idea to reduce the amount of body fat that's gained along the ride. And then with training, Always going into the gym, viewing that as through the lens of you're an athlete, you're here to perform, you're here to progress. And even if it's just a rep progression, even if it's the same reps with the same weight, just with improved technique, that is a greater stimulus on the muscle and you will grow. 
the volume. So you can handle more training volume when you're in a gaining phase. So if you have the ability to increase the training frequency or the amount of sets, it's much better to do this in a gaining phase than in a fat loss phase. Because if anything in a fat loss phase, you can use this time to pull down your sets, resensitize the training volume. So the next time around, when you go into a gaining phase, you're going to be even more responsive. Because if you just add sets forever, eventually you're going to have to get your sets so high that you're not going to be performing well in the gym. You're likely just driving a whole bunch of fatigue that you can't recover from. So very gradual with the increases here. And if you're consistently progressing reps and load over time, actually sticking to your program. So if you're just changing your program all the time, you're exercising, you're not training. Um, and then scale weights gradually increasing 0.25 to 0.5% per week. And you're feeling bigger, you're feeling better, performing well in the gym, happy days. Just keep it rolling. So a gaining phase, as always, is the time that we are improving our physique the most. If you want to see things through and get to your next fat loss phase and see an improvement in your physique, embracing the challenges of a gaining phase are extremely important. The longer we spend growing, the more muscle we're going to build and the better we're going to look when we do lean down once again. So I hope today's podcast has helped provide some insights if you've been experiencing some obstacles along the way in your gaining phase. Potentially, you might have been thinking, maybe I'm just going to go into a fat loss phase. Um, hopefully, if you were thinking that you only had to gain or fat or be in a fat loss phase all the time, there is potential where you can go into a maintenance phase too, where you can just aim to maintain, chill out a bit, maybe for a training phase, six weeks, and then go again. But there's plenty of different ways you can go about things. But I hope this has helped provide some more clarity. You've learned something new and all the best with your muscle building journey if you're currently in a gaining phase at the moment. And if you've got any questions on the topic, feel free to let me know and I'll speak to you soon. Thanks for tuning in.